Uh, pleased to be joined now on the line with two-time CCMA Interactive Artist of the Year. Uh, her fifth studio album is out now. Lindsay L., thank you for doing this today. Thanks, Dave. It's so good to talk to you. All right, let's get right into the album, Heart Theory. What a what a beautiful, powerful album. It's getting a lot of rave reviews, Lindsay. As this album was getting ready to come out, were you nervous? Were you excited? How did you feel? Because it's so personal for you. I was really excited. I mean, I've been working on this album for the better part of the last two and a half years. And, you know, when we take as much time like that to work on something um, as an artist, it's like all of this excitement and adrenaline builds up. And um, I was I was excited. I was ready. I mean, I, I as a songwriter, I have been pouring my heart into these songs and truly crafting this message. And, um, and, and I couldn't wait to finally be able to share that with the world. This has got to be one of the most creatively put together albums ever. When you think about how you've put uh, the seven stages of grief all lined up uh, from your own personal experiences, did it all fall into place for you, Lindsay, or was it difficult to put this puzzle together? I was about halfway writing the halfway through writing the record when I realized I was writing these songs in order of what I'm feeling right now, and I honestly could look at my song titles that I would turn into my publishing company and the date, and I could see myself like slowly transform through the song titles and and so um you know in hindsight i i was about halfway through the content of the of the album and i was like how cool would it be to write a concept album in order of this time in my life and and like write my record in order of how i'm feeling you know because as a songwriter it's like i i walked into a write and i i i was just being like this is what's on my heart today guys this is what i want to write and um, and so I decided to do just that. I'm I'm a nerd about a lot of things in life, Dave. But um, but specifically, I love just reading up about all of this this kind of things. And there's this thing called the seven stages of grief, and it's just one way of articulating that process. You know, of, of really breaking it down into the separate emotions we feel as human beings and how we can process these times of transformation in our lives. And so I was like how cool would it be to write a, a record around the seven stages of grief and have it have it um, happen in order so fans could listen down top to bottom and hear me slowly, you know, be, become more aware of myself and, and heal um, through this time. And so that's what I did. Track one starts in the first stage of grief of shock, and it goes in order through shock, denial, anger, all the way to the last stage of acceptance where you can look at yourself in the mirror and accept yourself for everything that you've been through and everything that you are and know that it's made you into the human being that you wake up as today. Yeah, it's 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 brilliant. That's really what it is. There's no better word for it. Lindsay, when you're writing uh, from such a personal place and you're going down this journey, do you think about how the music and lyrics uh, will connect with people or do you just know that you're not alone in, the, in what you've faced in life and you know that what you're going through, others have too, so you know it'll connect? Yeah, I mean, as human beings, I think we are all facing these feelings and these um, emotions from different sides, maybe, or different perspectives of of our own view, but we all are kind of fighting similar battles. And so I think that as a songwriter, it's our job to, like, encapsulate those feelings in three-and-a-half-minute songs so that people can 
can be identified with what they're going through. So, yeah, I, I definitely think that as a songwriter, my job is to most, like, write the most honest version that I can so that I know a listener can, can hear a song and be like, yes, I know what that feels like. I know what that feels like. Want Me Back, take us through the process of putting that song together and, and what it's like for you to hear it on the radio. It still to this day is the coolest feeling in the world to turn on the radio in the car and hear your song. I mean, that's never going to get old, and um, I don't think it ever should get old, really. But um, Want Me Back was the first song that Kane Brown and I ever wrote together. You know, Kane and I have played so many shows together in festivals, and always, you know, artists backstage are like, let's write together, let's get together and do this. And um, and it it actually happened you know I, I'm really good friends with Kane's wife and he's an amazing husband and father and you know just watching his show live I just have such a respect for him for what he does as an artist but it's been really great to get to know him as a writer you know get to know who he is behind all of the production and, and glitz and glam of, of an artist's career and so the day we were getting together to write we were writing with um, two of our friends that both of us write a lot with uh, Lindsay Rams and Matt McGinn and and I just walked into the room and Kane's like Lindsay I want to write a song for the women today and I'm like Kane well you're preaching to the choir because I want to write a song about like stepping into your your own inner self power and remembering like having people remember their own um, inner self confidence that I think we can sometimes lose grasp of and so you know Three hours later, we came out of the room with, with Want Me Back, and I'm just so excited that, that this is um, my current single and that I'm Kane's first outside cut as a songwriter. I'm really honored to be able to hold that with him. And so um, it's been wonderful seeing fans' reaction to this song and how, you know, I've gotten so many DMs from from other girls being like, I wish I could send this to my boyfriend from high school. And um, <laughs> just being able to get that, um, validation that okay we did write something that was true and we did write something that can connect as you know as as writers and um, as just human to human I think that music is this universal language that um, can can bring us together in so many ways and so it's been really neat to see want me back have that kind of reaction I uh, want to circle back at the end to talk about the Make You Movement Fund, Lindsay. But uh, you brought it up how yeah. how many women have DM'd you, and, and you know, uh, and the, you're so interactive. Obviously, getting those back to back awards. Country artists have been known to be very tight knit. You talk about your relationship with Kane Brown, but you know, generally, country artists seem to be very tight, uh, a supporting and loving group. But is there another layer when it comes to female artists because uh, of maybe what you've experienced in the music business uh, as a whole? Yeah, I think that um, in country music specifically, female artists have a bond that um, is truly unique and is hard to find in other genres. I feel like um, oftentimes when you get a bunch of female artists together, it's a lot more of of um, comparing and jealousy. And I I genuinely feel that um, as female artists in this town, like we're rooting for each other and we want each other to win and and we're high-fiving each other at the top, which I'm truly grateful for. I mean, some of my closest girlfriends in town are fellow artists just because we understand what each other go through. You know, we, we understand what what radio tour is and, and what 
traveling to shows back and forth is and the ups and downs of, you know, releasing songs to, to radio. And, um, and so I, I just feel very grateful to have, you know, a, a group of friends that, um, that I can bond with on that level and that truly understand me in so many ways. Lindsay, uh, you've been very lucky to get to tour the world. Uh, during COVID-19, does it make it easier to be stuck at home knowing you've been over, you, all over the world and seen some things? Or does it make it harder, you know what's out there and you're missing out on it? How do you feel about you know kind of being in this new COVID-19 non-traveling world? It has been very different, obviously. <laughs> um, I'm just used to being on the go all the time. However, um, it's taught me a lot. I feel very grateful for this year because, um, you know, last year I was on the road 280 days and that is going at a pace that um, is really hard sometimes to truly understand what you're even doing half the time. And I think I was just so um, busy, like focused going from show to show to show and, and, and waking up and just like plugging in immediately into my day. And I, I didn't really have a navigation to one appreciate where I was at or truly truly take it in. And so this year has been, yes, definitely a shift. And yes, I miss <laughs> playing shows so much, but I'm just truly grateful. I think I've gained a perspective this year and have reprioritized my life in the past seven months that I needed. I truly needed so bad. And, um, and gosh, thank you. 2020. <laughs> It's weird. Does it feel weird to say that almost? <laughs> it kind of does just because, you know, so many people have obviously different perspectives of what this year has has um, brought into their life. But um, I just feel that gratitude is an emotion that is so um, giving in so many ways. And when we can really embrace it, it um, it is just this incredible lens that you can you can put on your life and why would we negate ourselves away from something like that, you know? Yep. Uh, chatting with Lindsay L., we're going to play uh, a little game called This or That coming up in just a bit. also want to talk more about the Make You Movement Fund, but first, Lindsay, I'm a big history fan, and uh, there's, yeah. certain, there's certain dates that I'll always remember. And I want to know, what happened to you on April 9th of 2018? Do you remember? Oh, my gosh. I mean, I'm, I'm glad you have a good memory. I do not can you uh, can you give me a hint? You betcha. It, it was it's something that happened to you for the very first time. It was the first Canadian woman to do it in a decade. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I was the first Canadian woman, female artist, to get a number one in over 10 years. I should remember that date. Thank you for reminding me. Guys, well, that's terrible. Well, a lot's going on for you. I mean, even today alone, you got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, criminal hit number one on that day. Uh, j- j- take us back through what you feel, what, what you felt then and what you feel now. Is it satisfaction, vindication, accomplishment? How do, how do you feel about hitting number one? You know, hitting number one, it's, it's so funny how these numbers can be like, milestones in our minds and can and can hold this meaning that that sometimes is is far more than they should hold from the beginning but um but i was so honored i worked so hard dave and to to finally see some of you know the efforts of of hard work actually come to fruition 
is a feeling that is hard to even describe into words, you know. Um, I remember waking up that morning and, and finally getting the call from my manager and being like, we did it. We hit number one. Like, you were, you were the first female to have a number one in 10 years. And it was just like, I was crying. I was so proud. I was also just so overwhelmed with how could it have been 10 years? And the coolest part is that it kind of, broke the the that seal you know and and since then since criminal went number one in canada like so many females have had number ones after that fact and so i'm proud that it sort of helped pave the way for so many of my friends to to follow it up with their incredible songs and and be able to make amazing moments in them you know yeah, and uh, I think that's a great way of, of putting it. Lindsay, before we get into the Make You movement, a uh, quick game called This or That. I'm going to give you uh, two options. you got to choose one, okay? Okay. All right, playing a song with Ed Sheeran or playing Stairway to Heaven with Led Zeppelin. What would you rather do? Oh, God bless. Um, you know, I'm going to have to say Ed Sheeran. He's been a dream collab of mine. Um, for a while now and I just think that because he's like such a looper he's such an incredible songwriter such a cool guitar player like I think we could do something really awesome but you started playing guitar and one of the first songs you learned was Stairway to Heaven right? I know so that would be like a full circle moment I, I see you've done your research in this game <laughs> yeah uh, also leading into that uh, who puts on a better concert Metallica or Terry Clark? Whew, I mean Metallica was my first concert ever, and although that's a very strange concert as a child to have um, as your first <laughs> concert, it will forever hold this like special place in my heart. And so I, I think I have to say Metallica just because like the, the level of production is out of this world. It's just insane. If you could ever do pyro like that, I think that would be would be right there. Uh, would Lynn's- be totally right there. <laughs> Lindsay, this is going to be a tough one for you. Uh, dolphins or dogs, which are better? Oh, gosh, you did do your research. Um, man, <laughs> I don't even know. Um, you think I this one is hard? Dogs. You think this one is hard? Wait till the next one. Wait till the last oh, one. Oh goodness, I will say dogs. I love dogs so much. Um, I've grown up with them all my life. I cannot wait to have another dog that I can call my own. But. Um, you know, I just need to be a little bit more settled until I do that. But, um, but yeah, I love dogs so, so much. All right, the last one before we get into the uh, Make You Movement Fund. Uh, Lindsay, never wearing the color blue again or never buying another pair of shoes? Oh, I will say... Because um, I know you love... You say that you love the color blue and that you I have need, a bit Oh, of- yeah. <laughs> And you have a bit of a shoe buying thing. I would need to buy shoes. So I would say never wear the color blue again because um, I love shoes way too much. (laughs) Way, way too much. It's a a serious problem. The online shopping bills have racked up a little bit since COVID or what? I mean, potentially, (laughs) definitely when they shouldn't have. But but yeah, that's that's been a thing for sure. All right, Lindsay, (laughs) uh, let's wrap up. Tell us about the Make You Movement Fund and how uh, maybe people can get involved. Yeah, the Make You Movement is um, 
my foundation that I started after releasing my song Make You, um, which is a song off of Heart Theory where I talk about my story as a little girl for the first time ever. I am a survivor and, um, you know, I started the Make You movement so that I could focus specifically on disenfranchised youth and survivors of sexual violence and domestic abuse. And, you know, my main goal for my foundation is just to help other survivors make sure they, they don't feel alone. I know that as a 13-year-old girl, if I would have had somebody to hold my hand and tell me it was going to be okay, I think so much would have changed. And um, I just would have felt uh, seen and not as alone. And um, and if I could be that connecting link to, you know, any, any other um, human being going through this, then I'll feel like I'm doing my job. Lindsay, thank you so much for doing this today. Um, what a great conversation. I really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, congratulations on the new album, all that you've been able to do with the, the Make You movement, and uh, just thank you for all that you've done and continue to do. We really appreciate you spending some time with us. Thank you so much, Dave. It's so great to talk to you. I appreciate it. All right, Lindsay.